over here, over here, or look up, look up, do all that. So, you know, I've never done that. So we finished I Am Jesus series last week. If you missed any of them, you need to go back and listen to it. And uh, not because I preached it, because it's Jesus. Amen? Amen. And the Word of God's true, and the Word of God's powerful. Do y'all, y'all believe that? Amen. You know, uh, the Lord dropped this sermon in me about two weeks ago. And uh, we're going to dig into this, and we're going to learn some things. You know that you, you've got to know some stuff, you've got to believe some stuff, and you've got to receive some stuff. Do you know receiving is just as important as believing? The name of this service is, Have You Received Since You Believed? Because you can believe all kinds of stuff, it doesn't mean you're going to get it. Hold, hold that ball up for me. I believe in red ball. I believe in that red ball. I can see that red ball. I can see that red ball, and I believe in it. I believe that it can be handed off. I believe that it can be tossed. I believe that red ball's real. Y'all believe that red ball's real? That's because you can see it. Well, God, you can't see, but he's real, and he's still working. So, so throw me that ball. I didn't receive it, did I? Just because I believe in it, and I have the ability to receive it, doesn't mean I'm going to get it. That's the answer to why ain't Mary passed away, and I know she loved God, but when did she set her heart to receive from God? And matter of fact, I can receive from God right now. Oh, trying to hurt somebody. I can receive from God right now today, and I cannot receive tomorrow because I can get all cluttered right up here in this. This can clutter, and the world can come in, and, and they'll say, well, Jesus is not the way maker, and he's not done it for you. Well, he didn't do it for your grandma. He didn't do it for Aunt Mary. What do you think he's going to do for you? And she was a good woman. She was almost perfect. Baloney. She's just like you. She was not perfect. So we have to learn to receive. And, and so it's the blood of Jesus and the grace of God that allows us to receive. I can catch this ball because God gave me hands. And God's given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything. It's up to you to change your mentality. Well, I'm not good enough, Pastor. Baloney. You are good enough. Because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. When you accepted Jesus, you got washed in the blood. You got separated. You became into the family of God, and now you're a child of God. My mama wouldn't have been a good mama if she didn't fry me chicken growing up. And cornbread and biscuits and all that good stuff. Because, you know, when I was a, about 13 in church, they said, you got to love God more than you do your mama. I said, well, wait a minute now. <laughs> mama, mama's a good cook. But see, God set family up so you would receive from your parents and then they would point you to the Almighty God because He's their source. And there's a transition when it comes in time when you're mature enough that you need to grow up and you need to understand that God makes a way for you, that it's about you and not about them. There's a transition where you don't trust and rely on your parents, but you turn to Jesus. You turn to the Father. Amen. So God's in, the, God's in the room. Where's he at? He's in you. Well, I, I brought this right here. I brought right this. How many of you know there's radio waves in this room? You can't see them. You can't smell them. You can't taste them. But they're in this room. You can pick up KX 99.9 and whatever's on that channel. And, you know, 89.3. And this is 450 
let's see, 464.500. Come in, anybody out there. Where's my man? There it is. Uh, there's another one. Did y'all see that go out of here? No. But see, this is the receiver right here. It transmitted out, and it's also a receiver where I can hear what people are saying. You know you have that? Yes. I'm going to go ahead and give you one of my points. Anybody ever played Monopoly? Yes. Everybody, yeah, you ever played Monopoly? Do you know that you get, if, if we're going to play Monopoly right here, she gets just the same amount of money as I do, and she gets the same amount as money. We all get the same amount. We all start with the same thing. But a game don't end up always the same way. Well, the game of life, God has given to every man the measure of faith. God has given every person that's sitting in this room a measure of faith, the ability to hear God's voice. You got saved, you heard God's voice. You can hear God's voice, you can understand his word, and you can receive the way maker. You can receive the miracle. See, God's in the supernatural realm, but we walk in. I know that red ball's real because I saw it. Well, I just proved that radio waves are real, and you didn't see it. God's real too. Just because you don't see him or you don't see things changing doesn't mean God's not working. The problem is we quit on God before it, the, the manifestation comes. I'm, oh, this is just, you can tell this is eating me up here. So let's, let's dig in. Smile at somebody and say, okay, get ready. It's not in your uh, notes, but Acts 19.2 is where I got this quote from. And Paul's talking to a group of guys, and he says to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said to him, We have not much heard there be a Holy Ghost. Now, that's talking about the Holy Spirit. These boys weren't saved. They got baptized under John's baptism, and we're going to go into Jesus. But I want you to understand, there are some things in the Word of God that you've never heard. How can you hear? How can you receive unless you hear? They said, We haven't even heard of such things. Well, he could have said, have you received your healing since you believed? Have you received the peace of God since you believed? Have you received the love of God since you believed? Remember I told the story about uh, the man who was counseling this other gentleman and he was wanting to kill himself and, and he would talk to him about Jesus, don't want you to do that. And he'd start crying, I love Jesus, but he could not receive the love that Jesus, he didn't think he was good enough to receive Jesus' love. He couldn't forgive himself. The Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. You need to receive that and start loving yourself. Quit beating yourself up. And so let's go to our, our foundation scriptures, Matthew 21, 22. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Prayer, believing, and receiving is what we're going to talk about today, okay? Prayer, believing, and receiving. And so uh, we're going to go in and out of Abraham's story. Abraham's the father of faith. If you ever read the Bible, you know anything about Abraham. Abraham came out of Ur, the land of the Chaldees. God uh, sought to and fro throughout the earth. And I think, uh, you know, we're going to talk about our heart in the coming weeks ahead about how our heart needs to be right because God looks at our heart. I mean, some of y'all look real good. You got your hair combed up. My bangs are shining today. And but the thing about it is, God doesn't look at my bangs. He looks at my heart. 
And so God, we gotta, God deals with the heart of man, and he found Abraham, and he called Abraham out and separated him to walk with him. You know, God's called all of you to be separate and come out from the world, be holy, and walk with God. If he called you to be holy, don't think you can't do it. You can. Just stay in the blood of Jesus. Amen? And so, so have you uh, prayed and believed and received? And so uh, looking at Abraham's story in Genesis uh, I'm sorry. In Romans 4, 3, I'm doing this from my heart right quick. It says, Abraham believed God. We can all believe God. Can you believe God? If God said it, can you believe it? Let me show you another thing. John 1, 1 said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. You want to see Jesus? Get into the Word. You can see his face in the word. And I'm talking Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, Romans. Come on, stay in the New Testament and see what God is doing today. Okay? Get an understanding of what God's doing today and then go back and look at the Old Testament. Because a lot of things were blamed on God that God didn't do, and Jesus said it. There's an enemy. We'll talk a little bit about there's an enemy out there that's wanting to steal your goods. Come on, the, the Satan? How about just a plain curse in the earth? Hmm? Has anybody ever had mold grow uh, uh, around the house, maybe in the bathroom? I went in the hotel room this week, and they had mold in the shower. Don't want to take a shower in there? Give me some Clorox, somebody. Well, who caused it? Who planted the seed for the mold to grow? Nobody. It's a curse in the earth. Who, who puts thorns? There's a curse that came. Thorns and thistles grew. Roses don't need thorns. They're beautiful. Thorns are the curse. Did you know that they put a crown of thorns on Jesus' head? That represented the curse. And so we have an enemy, and the earth is cursed, and it's, it's against you. And if you've been throwing dandelion seeds in my yard, I'm, I need to talk to you. But you haven't. They blow in the wind, don't they? How you know there's viruses in the air? How many know you got strep throat virus in your mouth already? And so we have to learn to take authority. We have to come against the curse and come against things. And the Bible teaches that. But a lot of us have never heard it. So number one, are you praying the promise? I probably use this point probably three times every year. Because it's so important to know what the promises of God are, what God has promised you, and do every bit of it. And do every bit of it. And so are you praying the promises of God? 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God are in Him and yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. And so, so when you find a promise, it's time to believe it's for you. Did he not say all the promises are yes? All the promises of God in Jesus are yes. 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 Can everybody say yes? Yes. yes. I like that word, yes. Nobody likes no. Yes. Y'all ever watched the old Tarzan movie? You know, find, or, oh, it, was, it was Jeremiah Johnson, and he had a squall, and he tried to teach her English. A great man. She, he, she'd go, yes. And he'd go, yes, that's right. Great hunter. Yes. She'd go, 
She didn't know what she's saying. Yes. He said, you, that's all you need to know. <laughs> Come on. We need to know that God says yes to us. God says yes to us. So uh, as yes and amen, 2 Peter 1 and 2 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge. Everybody say knowledge of God. If you don't know it, you can't have it. And we think, well, God, just do it. Nope. This is the way he set it up. This is the way God set it up. I'm giving you some other scriptures. Write this one down and go look at it. Hebrews eleven six. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. And those that come to him must believe in him. Amen. Must believe. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I've seen people, they haven't sought God since they got saved. And they're expecting God to do something. You know, you got to flip a switch, turn the lights on. You got to get a cup and turn the faucet on to get your water, or at least dip it in the creek. And then you got to pour it in your mouth. You've got to take the word of God the same way. Every promise, you got to put it in your mouth and you got to start speaking it and declaring it and say, This is what I believe. I know it's kind of hard pill to swallow when you haven't heard this before. You have to start declaring what you want in your life. Huh. My mama can cook. Matter of fact, I cooked lunch today for my grandkids, but I'm not going to feed them. They have to eat it. God has cooked the meal for you, and it's in this word right here. You got to be a partaker of the divine nature of God. You have to be a partaker. He doesn't go like this. All right, Brett, you're going to be right today, and you're not going to lose your temper today, and you're going to walk upright. No, he doesn't do that. I have to choose to do that. I have to choose, and I'm going to live by his word. I'm going to walk in his ways. So, so where were we at? It says, grace and peace be multiplied you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, as his divine power has given to us all things, woo, all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4, by which we have been given exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in this world through lust. Strong desire. We all have strong desire to get angry, to get mad. When you think of lust, you think people automatically go to sex. But song desire is like, I can eat 12 donuts right now. And donuts will kill you. They just won't kill you right now. They'll kill you later on. And so, see, that, that strong lust and desire, God has given us the ability to live life through his word. That's why everybody needs a promise book. Or you got one on your phone. And get some pick a promise and give it three days and learn it and say, this is mine and I will have this in my life. God said, yes, he wants me to have this in my life. God wants me to walk. There are a hundred scriptures on healing. I bet you haven't read them all. Do you have one that you stand on? Do you have one that you go to? I don't know how many scriptures there are on peace. Which one do you have that you pull up and go, mm, the peace of God that passes understanding belongs to me today? Come on. See, see you, got, you got to have, what about safety? How about Psalms 91? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. 
But I say, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, and I abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I say of the Lord, He is my God, my fortress, and Him do I trust. And He has delivered me. What am I doing? I'm activating God to go to work for me. See, when you put the promise in your mouth, you start activating God to, to work on your behalf. One more, Romans 4, 16. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace. This is Abraham's story. Grace, listen to what grace, grace. Everybody say grace. grace. Grace is God's ability working in man, making him able to do what he cannot do in his own ability. I can't be holy, Pastor Brett. Grace will make you holy. Yes, it's the power of God to make you right with God. If you believe God, God accounts it to you for righteousness. Just like if we finish it out, Abraham was counted right with God. Not because he kept the law, because this was before the law. Because his heart was towards God. He had a heart towards God. He loved God. And he said, I want to do what God wants me to do. Woo. We want to do what God wants us to do. And so uh, we've been given exceeding great and precious promises that through these we might be partakers of the divine nature. We read that. But look what God's telling Abraham. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, the father of us all. Say, Abraham's my father. Because he's the father of faith. And God has given me faith, so I, I, I makes Abraham my father. Yep. Y'all ever sang about Abraham when you was in children's church or anything like that? Father Abraham had many sons, and I'm one of them. You don't know that? So, so what I'm talking about, let me back up just one more second. The promises are like a seed. Mark 4, the sower sows the seed, some fell by the wayside, some fell among the stony ground, some fell among the thorns. If you're going to plant a garden, you don't, throw you, you don't plant your tomato plants up in the thorn bushes. It choke them out. And so Jesus explained that parable, the sower sows the word. You are a sower of the word of God to sow it in your heart. So put the word. It's a seed. It's a seed. So what are you planting? Miss Becky, you started a garden yet? What you got planted? Peas. Peas. Lettuce. Lettuce. Beets, potatoes. Potatoes. Yes. What else? Karate. I don't even know. I can't say that. I'm not eating what I can't say. <laughs> I was going to sneak over when she said lettuce. I saw myself crawling in there to get some of it. But she's planted. Uh, is it ready to be picked? Why not? It hasn't been long enough. We're going to come back to that. The Word of God is a seed that you plant in your heart, and it will produce a harvest because of the grace of God. All you have to do is put it in your heart and activate it in your life and have expectation that the grace of God is going to bring it. Because Jesus even taught a parable that a seed sown in the ground, we don't know what makes it sprout. I mean, you put it in the darkness, and you wet it up and put it in the ground, and all of a sudden it starts growing. But you know what? My grandpa, I, he had me shell the peas that was dry on the vine, and they were hard. And I'm like, boy, these are easy to shell. I'll shell these all day for you. And we put them in a paper bag, put them on the shelf, waiting for next year. But they have the power to produce after itself. But you have to put it in the right conditions. 
This is the right place, not this beating heart, but your spirit is the right place to put the word of God. And boy, boy, oh boy, it'll incubate in you and it'll come alive in you. And so let's go to number two. It'll help you start believing. Until you can say, I have believed. See, believing is the beginning, but you have got to get to the place where you can say, ha ha, I have believed. That's a key. I am not believing anymore. I have believed. All right, all right. So let's look. You know, last year I said what, Ryan, or last Sunday I said what Reinhard Bunke said. When you do business with people, you need money. When you do business with God, you need faith. And you have faith. And faith is the currency of heaven. Father, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Putting God's word in, Jesus brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. He said, I don't say but what I hear the Father say. I don't do but what I hear the Father do. And we need to be the people that say, I don't say but what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John said. What Acts and Rome, Roman says, that's what I say, and that's what I'll do. I'm going to do what Roman said. I'm going to act on that. I'm going to believe it. If I believe it, then I can receive it. Mm-hmm. If you ask and write this down, Romans 12, 3, it says God's given to each man the measure of faith. Well, you know, man, Clayton's on the front row here. I'm kind of intimidated because he's got a lot of faith. And Miss Becky's got a lot of faith. And Jack's got a lot of faith. And I, what in the world could I, I teach them? Because they've, they've got all the faith. They, they've got all kinds of faith. And uh, uh, man, I, I need them to pray for me. No, you've got faith. And you don't have to wait to come to church. You can operate in your own faith and receive from God. And that's where God's wanting to take you. With this message, he's wanting you to learn to pray the promise, believe the promise, and receive the promise. And, and you know what? It's awesome to have Miss Shirley. She prays for me. I pray for her. I pray for people. But I don't have to have people pray for me. I can receive the promise on my own. I just get them to help me stir me up and give me some encouragement. Okay? And I know this, 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 this is, is the way to receive and learn to get promises and speak over yourself. And said, so for the grace that's given unto me uh, to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought. We all, starting off, we've got the same thing. You may not have developed your faith, but you got just as much faith as Clayton, Miss Shirley, or anybody else you think is powerful. You just got to start developing it, exercising it right here. You exercise your arms with, with weights. You exercise your faith with the Word of God in your mouth. Now, word have I put in my mouth that I might not sin against thee? Hallelujah. And so, so as we look at it, uh, Romans 4, 17, back to Abraham. Abraham, let's jump back to a story right quick. God started telling him, uh, I, I, I'm going to make you a father. His name, Abraham. Uh, Abram means father. And God changed him and started talking to him. I want to make you a father of many nations, a father of many. Changed his name to Abraham. Abraham, however you want to say it. I'm, 
I'm going to say it redneck, okay, Virginia style, Abraham. And so he changed his name to Abraham. How you doing? I'm a father of many. How you doing? I'm the father of many. How you doing? I'm the father of many. Well, where's your kids at? Well, I don't have any yet. But they're coming. But how, how foolish is that? Well, I'm blessed coming in and going out. Well, you just lost your house. I don't care. I'm still blessed because I'm blessed with God. May not be blessed in the earth, but I'm blessed with God. But God can turn my situation, and I can get another house. Whoop-de-doo about my house. Whoop-de-doo about my car. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, 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 what I care about is my flesh and blood, your flesh and blood, my children's, my grandchildren, you, people, because we are the kingdom of God, not our house. We just sleep there. Uh-huh. And so, so we need to focus on and start calling. It's foolishness to say, well, you just lost your house. No, I'm blessed because God says I'm blessed. Well, that's stupid because you're not blessed. You're walking by what you see, feel, taste, and touch. Man, I read this story. Y'all remember the woman at the well? She, Jesus said, uh, uh, go tell your husband. She goes, well, I don't have a husband. He goes, that's right because the man you're living with is not your husband. And you've had five husbands before. And this is what somebody said. We've all been married five times. Taste, touch, sight, hearing, five senses. And you can't be married to those because they will lead you astray. Your five senses, what you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, what you touch, that's the physical realm. God does work in the physical realm, but you got to believe God when you don't see it. So let's look at what Abraham did. Let's dig into it. In and, and Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. This is how God operates, people. Here it is. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. What's not existing in your life that you know you're supposed to have because the promise of God declares it. If the promise of God declares you're supposed to have it and you don't have it, then you need to go after it. You need to start declaring, I want that. I declare that to, to, to come into my life, to start existing. We're going to finish this. Listen, how did you get saved? You didn't look saved when you came up and you didn't look saved when you left because you didn't have angel wings and you didn't have a... Uh, a tiara, or you didn't have your, you know, your clothes didn't change, you still smelt the same. I've seen people crying. I've seen people not just, they confessed it, they believed it, and they walked out. It's not about emotions. It does get emotional sometimes. I, I get emotional. You confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, and a man will be saved. You walked in, you were not saved. But you believe the message that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You believe that message. You believed it in your heart. And then you either came down to the front or you, somebody led you in a prayer and you said it with your mouth. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe. Well, how about finding the promise? Matthew 8, 17, that Jesus bore our sickness and our infirmities. And with his, you know, Peter says, with his stripes we are the healed. Isaiah 53 says, with his stripes we are healed. So I, uh, wait a minute, my body's not acting right. In the name of Jesus, I declare Matthew 8, 17, Isaiah 53, that Jesus bore our sickness and infirmities. Huh? 
If you find yourself you slipping and getting mad and yelling at the person at the red light, repent. Lord, I know I believe that's not right, and I want to change that. I declare that to just be washed away in the blood of Jesus, and I will hold my tongue. Huh? Okay. I know, I know. So in verse 18, Abraham, who contrary to hope and hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Contrary to hope, he's 80 years old, and he has no kids. His wife is beyond childbearing years. But he's walking around saying, I'm, I'm the father of many. 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 And Sarah's like, you're nuts, you're nuts, you're nuts. <laughs> you old goofus. So finally, after about uh, uh, 10 years, she goes, well, if you think you all that in a bag of chips, here's my handmaid. She got pregnant. Sarah's like, this thing's real. See, she's walking by sight. And Ishmael's still a thorn in the side of this world. Because his descendants, woo, we want Isaacs. And so she said, this is real. And she started to believe God. And God healed her body. And she had a son named Isaac. Well, you know, Pastor, that's just one example. No, he's our father. That's how you receive is by faith. Hebrews eleven six. Now faith, you have to believe. God is rewarder. To please God, a man must have faith, and he must believe God is able, and God wants to. Mm-hmm. And you have faith. That means you need to exercise it. So, 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 So back, back. Abraham's walking for 20 years. I'm the father of many nations. You just said you planted seeds in your garden. And why can't we harvest? It hadn't been long enough. Now, there is seed time and harvest in the earth. And the seed has to be put in the ground. But how about the word of God has to work in your heart for a little bit? And his, his heart, it worked well. But her heart, she's like, he's nuts. He's nuts. And then he got the handmaid pregnant. She goes, this works. This works. You see, when somebody, somebody said this, uh, uh, when you testify of what God can do, it's not that you're glorified. It's the testimony of Jesus is released to everybody that they can have the same thing. When you hear a good testimony, I go, glory to God for them, but glory to God for me, because I want that too. Testimony, prophecy is, is Jesus, but why do, why do churches used to have testimony? And we will. We're going to have testimony coming up here in a, in a couple of weeks. Why do you have testimony? So God wants to do it in your life to testify what Jesus and who he is. God wants to do those things in your life. And everything in the Bible we read is a testimony of what God how God blessed David, how God blessed Solomon, how God blessed Abraham, 
Go back and study. Get, get you a concordance, a good one, and let him explain how much cash all those goats he had and all those sheeps he had and all those sheeps, yeah. All those camels. He had all, he was a corporation. He'd be Nabisco or he'd be Ford. He'd be a, he's a corporation. He has 320 people that work for him on and off. They called him Confederates, friends, working for him. Come on, God wants to bless you. Does that mean God wants to make you a millionaire? No, unless he puts it in you. But God wants you to have more than enough. That is prosperity, to have more than enough. If you got $50 left over, you're blessed. I'm talking after buying groceries and everything. And then you start storing. Then God said, I'm going to bless your storehouse. And start looking for it. Instead of spending it on candy. You know? Had the opportunity to pay our car off. I could have went and bought me some boots and a fishing pole and a rifle and all that. But I paid the car off because that's what I had my confession on. I went after that debt. You ever thought about going after debt? How about your house? Going after it. Start believing God. Start receiving. But when it comes, you can't just fluff it off because then that's on you. It's like, that, it's like that one preacher said, you know what? I, you, can, you can give yourself out of debt. God will, will, will you, you give and believe for a harvest and God will give you money and you can pay your debt off. He goes, it works because I've done it three times. That means he went back in the debt after he paid everything off and then paid it off again and went back into debt. The preachers ain't perfect either. My point is, is you've got to be disciplined with money. Discipline with the word. Discipline what your mouth is. I just can't stand this. What kind of seeds is that? What kind of seed is that are you planting? How about, we're going to read here in a minute that everything you say is a prayer. Whoo, better be digging up some weeds. My back's kind of sore. Lord, help me. <laughs> I have spoke too much junk. So, there's an apple tree out there blooming. The apples aren't good to eat, I don't expect. I don't know what you do with those apples, but it's blooming. The time's coming that they're going to, put, they're going to produce apples. You know what? Once you put the Word of God in your mouth and you start believing, you go, this is mine. And you say it every day with a smile on your face. You know it's coming. I have believed it. It's coming. Paul chose, grew up in poverty. He had tuberculosis. This is in North Korea. He has a million people in his church today. And, and uh, a young girl came and laid hands on him, and God healed him. And so he became a preacher. He started declaring everything God did for him, and he walked from one fireplace to the other because it's cold over there. And he's walking, telling people about Jesus. He said, Lord, if I, if I could just have a bicycle, I could cover more ground. I could witness to more people. And I need a bicycle. And the Lord said, well, what kind of bicycle do you want? And he's like, well, I'll take any kind of bicycle. He goes, no, what kind of bicycle? See, in his heart, he knew that it, to get specific. And so he, he starts believing God for a blue bicycle, an American-made bicycle, a 10-speed bicycle. Because they're hard to get over there. 
But he goes, I believe. And he started praying, Lord, I, I believe for this bicycle. I thank you for this bicycle. I receive this bicycle. And all of a sudden in his spirit, this is where you got to get. In your spirit, man, you got to get to the place where you receive. He goes, I got it. I got the bicycle right here. I've got a bicycle. You ever met a young lady? Says I'm pregnant. She doesn't look pregnant. But she's three months pregnant, just the same. She's going to have a baby. It's coming. And he said, I've got a bicycle. And so he's witnessing the people saying, I've got a bicycle. It's like I'm pregnant with a bicycle. And they started making fun of him, just like y'all went. And now people that he's witnessing to say, there's the pregnant preacher. He's nuts. Until he came riding up on a blue 10-speed American-made bicycle. Then they wanted to hear what he had to say. And he grew his church to a million people. And the, the last one he built, they built it over like this building. They kept having services, and they built the building over it, then tore this one down and have services in there. Isn't that crazy? But God showed him how to do that. He's not an architect either. He's not an educated man. God will help you, and God wants to help you. So Mark eleven twenty two. we've got to... Keep going. Jesus answered and called to them. This is where Jesus spoke to the tree. How powerful are words? If you call your dog stupid, it's going to be stupid. It's not going to learn any tricks. He said, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. Abraham believed God. Look at the next verse. He said, for surely I say to you, whatsoever you say to to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. What's the mountain? The problem in your life, the blessing that you don't have, the sickness that's in your life that you want to get rid of? Huh? The peace that you need? And be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. There's where your heart is. And believes those things which he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Notice it start off praying, and then he says, saying. I'm sorry, next verse. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray. So saying and praying tied together. If everything you say is a prayer, you need to be careful. And believe that you receive them and you will have them. So the promise I said, put in your mouth. Learn to believe. And then we will receive. You need to dig up that garden, Miss Becky. I don't think those seeds are any good because they had already come up and gave you a harvest. See, we live in America. We want McDonald's prayers answered. Yeah, I need a Big Mac, a Whopper. I need something with a drink and fries and, and, uh, and it'll pull up to the second window. And we go, Lord, I need it. Where's that second window at now, Lord? What we do is we pray, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Am I in faith? Do I, have I believed yet? No. What do you think? No, I'm asking everybody's opinion instead of believing or believed. I have believed. And, and, and you're going to doubt up here all day, people. Look at me. This is the doubter. This is the believer. You are a spirit in a body and you have a solical man. Two plus two is four comes out of your solical man. It don't look good comes out of your solical man. Did you hear what they said? That comes out of your solical man. Y'all taste that smell? I think that's a chemical. We better get out of here. Y'all going to get sick. 
Oh, yeah. Give me get my catcher's mitt out on that one. They catch that red ball of sickness. We do. Well, it's flu season. And it hadn't been a flu in a year and a half. Riddle me that one, Batman. Get the red ball of coronavirus and let's throw it out. Don't you catch that. You know, if you do catch it, you can go throw it down and say, you know what, this won't last long. Because you'll catch some things and not, oh, wait a minute. You're supposed to have that. And tear it down. You got the authority. Come on. So number three, let's land this airplane. Are you receiving? Are you receiving? Have you received? And I put how. How do we receive? How do we receive? How do we receive? See, you got to learn to receive it before you have it. Let that sit there a minute. You have to learn to receive it before you physically have it. Abraham said, I have believed God. And he had the ability to have children before his wife caught up. So you, he received. He believed and he received. And so the promises of God are yes and amen. If God says they're yes for you, then who's the hold up? Me. I have to change my thinking and get my heart in line with God and get my mind in line. Shut up, mind. Because your mind, the Bible teaches, your body and your mind will team up on your spirit. And they'll be your enemy. Anybody other than me ever been working out and you, you take off, you're going to do a little jog, and your body, your body ever came, become an enemy? Stop, stop, every step, stop. And then your side starts hurting, stop, stop. It's your enemy. I, I, or you, you can't tell people what you're believing for because they'll shoot you down. People that aren't on your level of faith or don't even know anything about faith. Because I, I was sitting in a room and this guy said, you know, I, I just have it in me if I give some clothes away that God will bless me with clothes. And I'm thinking, that's exactly what the scripture teaches. And another person in the room said, oh, that'll never happen. That's what the world says. There's no heaven. Y'all serve an antiquated old book. That old book, man, there's nothing new under the sun, the Bible says, and the answer for everything is in the Bible. There was drugs in Jesus' day. There were prostitutes in Jesus' day. There was alcohol in Jesus' day. It was everything that we faced. He faced it. The Bible said he faced it all and won. So I want to get in Jesus. Woo, I want to win. So I get in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. New creation means you got to think new. Grandma wasn't always right. You know, get out of that rain, you're going to catch cold. And I always thought, well, I take a bath every night, and I don't catch a cold. <laughs> and I, that's crazy. And then, and, then, and then I thought, you know, my grandma said, don't you get in that water till you learn how to swim. I'm like, how am I ever going to learn how to swim? In the bathtub? Huh? Fear-driven society. We live in a fear-driven world, and we have to go conquer fear with the Word of God. And put the word of God. So what? You know what? If I die tomorrow, you might be sad for a minute. And then you're going to wonder what kind of potato salad they're going to serve. But I'm going to be in heaven. And I'm going to be doing whatever. Yes. Amen. <laughs> They're laughing at all the potato salad. Because you really, you know, John Maxwell said that. He said, you talking to leaders. You think you're all out in a bag of chips. But you need to be setting up people to take your place. Because when you die, they're going to be wondering about potato salad, not you. 
That's cold and tough, isn't it? But reality is, death in this world is the last enemy to, put to be put away. Guess what? We're stepping into heaven, people. To be absent from the body is the presence of the Lord. I'm getting off. I got, I've received that. I've received that. I haven't seen heaven. I haven't seen God. I haven't seen Jesus, but he's living on the inside of me. And I have received heaven full out. I'm not afraid to die. Glory be to God. When I die, I'm going to be like Jesus, Superman. I can appear and disappear. I can fly. I'm going to be just like him. I get to eat. Hey, eat, eat fish. Hey, I had a lady in the church in Louisiana. She went to be with Jesus like 98. She goes, I, I know. I know there's going to be pork in heaven. I love pork. I said, well, I don't know about that one. <laughs> she was a trip. So how do we receive? Romans 4.19, back to Abraham. Abraham, being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Quit looking at your body, at the aches and pains and all the things going on or I'm not this, and I'm not that, I'm not as good looking as Cody, or I'm not that. Yeah, amen. He did not waver. Well, let me start over. I got off. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body being dead. Since he was 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief was up here, though. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform. It's our part to believe the promise and the grace of God empowers the promise into your life. This is good. And so Abraham, God takes Abraham out and said, you know, I'm going to show you how many kids you're going to have. He goes, okay. He goes, count the stars in the sky tonight. Clear night here, I can't do it. He goes, that's how many kids you're one of them because that's how many children you're going to have. Nations are coming out of you. Another time, so when he got weak in faith, God started showing him things. He said, count the sand. Count the sand in the desert. How many? What? That's how many children you're going to have. Well, glory. So you got to start changing your thinking. God was helping him to change his thinking. That's how many children you're going to have. What is it that God let God let God communicate to you what he wants to give you. When you find the promise, then see yourself with it. You've been given an imagination for a reason. And you know what? Emotions are good when used properly and controlled. I read an article where you cannot order off a menu at a restaurant without emotions. Pictures on it. Ooh, that looks good. Ooh, crispy shrimp. Yeah. Yeah, I know y'all hungry. I'm, I'm hurrying. But your emotions, that's what I want. Then let your emotions run through the Word of God. That's what I want. I want to be able, the Bible says, believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. I want that. I'm a believer. The Bible says that we're to make disciples. I want that. I want to make my children disciples, grandchildren. I want to make my neighbor a disciple. So being fully convinced that, that God was promised to do, that what God promised he was able to do, therefore it was accounted unto him to righteousness. Verse 23 says, now this was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. Verse 24, but for us also, say for me, what Abraham got's for me. Say that again. What Abraham got from God is for me. 
It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus from the dead, who delivered him up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. We can have this because of Jesus. And I'm going to say, I'm going to read Romans 10, 8, and 10, and we'll, we'll close. Well, what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. What, what word? The word of God, the promises of God. Start putting the promise. I'm blessed coming in and going out. I'm blessed coming in and going out. Do you know that's promised in Deuteronomy? Uh, if you shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all that is written therein, I can't do all that's written therein, Pastor. I can't either. But because of the grace of God and because of the blood of Jesus, and when I miss it, I ask him to forgive me and cleanse me, guess what? I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. My children are blessed. My grandchildren are blessed. I'm blessed in my bank account, and I'm blessed in my store account. All the promises become yes and amen because of Jesus. And I can pull those promises out of the Old Testament. And when it says you got to do something, I need to do it to the best of my ability. But where I miss it, the grace and mercy and the blood of Jesus covers me. Ooh, we gotta, I'm going to start passing out catcher's mitt. And I want to see you. I got mine. That's mine. Huh? Do you know, it talks about the curse. But we not Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. Remember, I talked about the curse. If you if she don't if she don't watch her garden, bugs eat it up. That's a curse. Blight and get on it and all this and that. And she needs to water it and fertilize it. Yeah, you need to water and fertilize the promise God gave you. Keep speaking to it. It's coming to me. Glory to God. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. It's mine. Health, but we start off with Psalms 103, 1 through 5. Healing, he heals all my diseases, even the ones where I was stupid enough to do something that caused it to happen in my life. How about in the garden? You know, there was a tree of life and a tree of good and evil. There was no sickness in the garden. The tree of life was in case you tripped and broke your leg. Something silly happened. You cut yourself. Come on. God heals you. If you cut yourself, God wants to heal you. If a disease came blowing through here and you got it, God wants to heal you. He wants to take care of everything. He heals our wounds. I'm trying to help you, but get, get a hold of it up here, and but put it in your heart. I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. The word is near you in your mouth and your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is saved, is made unto salvation. What's in your heart comes out of your mouth, good or bad. You know, you can locate somebody by their mouth. Put the word of God in your mouth, put it in your heart, and then you'll start speaking it with something bad. Because you know what? All those fears my grandmother put in me, I had to face them. She put us under a table when a storm come up. We had bad storms in Louisiana, going green, everything else, wind blowing. I, I got out. I was working a job. I walked out in the middle of a storm and said, I am tired of being scared of storms. I'm 25 years old. But that fear that was put in me at 6, 7, and 8 was still there. 
And I said, I am not going to be afraid of storm if, if I'm a child of God. If I get struck by lightning right now, I'm going to bust heaven wide open. I am not going to be afraid of storms anymore in Jesus' name. And you've got to learn to face whatever the enemy's attacking you with. You've got to go at him. Nope. No, sir. I'm a child of God, and I am not going to be afraid of you. You have no place in my life, in my family, or my kids. So here's your homework. When you go to your house today, you need to walk in and say, this is a miracle house. This is the house of miracles. This is the house where the blessing comes. This is my house. There's no fear in here. There's no sickness that stays here. There's no, no, it doesn't live here anymore. And to make some declarations, my children are smart. My children are blessed. And I don't care if they can't hold a spoon and they're six. You got to start changing what you say about them. Healed, whole, strong. Let me get Tim Gollamore up here and talk about peace just for a minute. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Come on. And so, so let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word that we've heard today. This is your way, your will, that you want us to be a doer of your word, to be a part of your team, your family. And Lord, I declare that you answer, Lord God, today. People, what people need to receive, what they've been desiring, Lord God. Things that you've promised, like children. Things that you've promised, like grandchildren. Things that you've promised, like generations saved. The next generation. Father, I thank you for restored lives. I thank you for restored families. I thank you, Father, that you bring peace. Lord, that what you join together, Lord God. And what you put in play, in, into action today, Lord God, that we'll begin to see come to pass. Because it's your grace that causes it to come to pass. Look at me real quick. Anybody having the chest pains? Just, just, just. I tell you what. It's not the heart. Something else. All right. I, I, I get off of me, whatever it is, in Jesus' name. If it's on you, I pray over you to be healed. Now bow your heads one more time. If you're in here and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, will you accept him? Come on, get in on this because this is the benefit package. And this is how you walk with him. Would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus in my life. Then I trust we're all saved. So look at me one more time. Take this to heart. Find the promises of God. Put them to work in your life. And you'll see your life change. I'm going to tell you, this works. It doesn't work because I'm a preacher. Because when I sit at the, I can take you to the place where I sit at the table. And I said, well, that's all fine and good. And it probably works for preachers, but it don't work for me. That was wrong thinking. But I started applying the promises of God to my life. And my life began to change. My life began to change. Understanding came. Healing came. Peace came. Strength came. Fear left. Sickness didn't stay. So start operating in the faith of God and the promise of God. They're yes for you and amen for you. Glory be to God.